Okay, let's have a little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Now teach us from it and make us wise to understand it and to use it, most of all. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've been doing a study on the call of God and the call, we talked about the call of God to Adam, where are you, the universal call uh, to the human race. Levi talked about the call to die, uh, which is when God calls us from this world to the next. We're going to look at the call of God today uh, to actually the call of God to the unaware, to the unaware. One of the things that Jesus said, he said that many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called. And I think that the call of God comes to everybody. Many are called. The call of God comes to everybody. And when we think about God, you think about a, a, maybe a different way of looking at him. Like he is pursuing us. God is pursuing us. And we say, well, aren't we supposed to pursue him? Yeah, we are. But he's pursuing us too. Some of the old authors said that God was the hound of heaven. That is, he's hunting us down. He's coming for us. Like a hound comes after its prey, God is coming after us. He's pursuing us. And so there are people who are chosen. That is, God has a specific task for those people to do. And uh, we look at a fella today named Jacob and the call of God that came to him. In Genesis 28... God is pursuing Jacob. God is pursuing Jacob. Now, is a real unusual uh, comment in this passage that we want to look at for our text today. Genesis 28 and verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he lighted on a certain place, tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of that place and put them for his pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. So it's pretty, uh, not a nice comfortable spot. His pillow is a stone. So he's laying out on the ground outside the middle of nowhere by himself, and he has for, a, for his pillow, he says he has a stone, and he falls asleep. Verse 12, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, the God of Isaac, the land where thou liest, to thee I will give it and to thy seed. Thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee 
and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee till I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. Jacob awakened out of his sleep and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And he rose up early in the morning, took the stone that he put for his pillows, and set it for a pillar, poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. But the name of the city was called Luz at first. And so he names it Bethel. Beth it means house. El is God, and so it's the house of God. He calls it the house of God. But when he wakes up, he said, God was here, and I didn't even know it. He was unaware of God's presence being there. Lays down. Now, we've got to kind of bring us up to date on what brought him here to this spot. Jacob was a mama's boy, and he grew up a spoiled brat, <laughs> as sometimes mama's boys do. And he grew up a spoiled brat, and he had a brother named Esau, and Esau was a really tough guy. And Esau was loved by his father. Esau was a hunter, so he's out hunting one day. He comes home, and Jacob said, uh, you, you hungry? Yeah, I'm starving. He said, I'm going to die if I don't eat. I got some stew here. He says, I'll trade you your birthright for a pot of stew. And Esau said, <laughs> birthright's nothing. I don't care. I'll trade you. Give me the stew. So he got the birthright. That was promised to the oldest son. And Esau was one minute older than Jacob. They were twins. And when uh, Esau was born, Jacob's little hand was hanging on to his ankle. He was holding on. So when he she was delivered, there's a little hand hanging on. To, <laughs> that was Jacob. Even when he was born, he was behind the eight ball. So he got the birthright. And then he wanted to get the blessing. So him and his mother cooked up a plan. And they put goat skin on the back of his neck, on the back of his hands, because his, his father uh, was blind. They said, we're going to go in, you're gonna, I'm going to make some stew, and he'll be happy. And you give that to your father, and he'll give you the blessing. So he went in, he lied to his father, and he's feeling... His blind father's feeling, oh, you feel pretty hairy. You must be Esau. So he gave him the blessing. So Jacob saw value. He saw some value in both the birthright and the blessing. He thought he should have them, which is good because they were more than just valuable. But he did a lot of bad things to get them. He lied and cheated and stole to get them. And so you say, well, if you get the blessing and you lied to get it, there's something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. So 
about to show that there was something wrong with it because Esau said he stole my blessing. I'm going to kill him. So Jacob is running for his life, and that's where we pick it up. He's running from his brother because he lied to his father. And he got the birthright and a blessing. He thought, oh, there's something I should have, but he didn't care how he got him. And so he's running for his life when he lays his head on that pillow. He's left home for good, never going to go back there, because he can't go back. His brother's going to kill him. So he's made a real mess out of his life, all right? So he didn't see God's role in this birthright and in this blessing. He just thought, well, they say I ought to have it, and so I'm going to get it, and if I have to steal it, to steal it. He's done everything wrong. And now he's sleeping outside, kind of with nothing. As a matter of fact, he himself later would say, the only thing I had was my stick in my hand. That's all I had. I left home with nothing. I had the birthright and a blessing, but I couldn't take it with me. I had nothing. So I was sleeping with his head on a rock. And if you've ever been in that kind of position, and you think about life, and you say to yourself, man, I messed up. I really messed up life. I got in a bad position here, and I don't know where I'm going to go next. And you think about life, and you think about what's coming, and you just don't know. And so he goes to sleep, and God says, sends him a dream. And it's a pretty famous dream, one of the most famous dreams, I guess, of all time. There's a ladder going all the way up to heaven. And up in heaven, there's God up there. And Jacob is down here on the bottom. And he says, uh, God's searching for me. He wakes up, he says, God, God's been after me. And I didn't know it. I had no idea that it was that like that. And so this latter dream is a real good help for you and I about thinking about life and how it works. And we're not just down here trying to figure things out on our own and stealing birthrights and blessings and trying to get ahead. Uh, God is having a role. So when God gives Jacob the dream, here's this long ladder. Right? And coming down the ladder are angels and going up the ladder. So they're coming both ways. He says there's angels going up and down the ladder. And he said, yeah, God is here and I didn't know it. Or in other words, matter of fact, God's pretty busy. God's sending angels down with jobs to do continually. And they're refinishing their jobs and going back up. Another angels come down and they're all working among us. 
They're working among men down here doing these things. So there's a constant flow of angels doing God's will, coming down, doing what God wants done. And Jacob said, I didn't know God was really there. I didn't know he was doing that. I didn't know he was constantly involved. God is involved in our lives. Jacob is surprised to find out that he's involved in his life. He just didn't imagine that that was possible. He thought he was kind of on his own. His name means supplanter. Jacob means a supplanter, which they called him... (laughs) When he was born, it means a cheater. He's a cheater. And he was known for cheating. And that's what they named him the cheater. Uh, and so uh, he thought he was just going along and, and God's telling him now, that's not how life is. I'm sending people constantly, angels down to you, and you're going to recognize that God is calling you. Now the latter also has another significance and and you know what it is, you're going to climb up it. So if the ladder comes down to earth, that's for you, you're down here. You go up. You go up. You go up the ladder. There's a... So the, the idea of God being involved in our life and pursuing us and going after us and calling us has in it the sense that God has this plan and he's got something he wants you to do. and He's sending constant help down to you to get it done. And we want you to do it. Now, Jacob... He tells him what it was. He says, uh, verse 13, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and Isaac. The land where thou liest, to thee I will give it to thy seed. And then uh, the last, next verse, in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so he's part of a plan, and he's a major part of the plan, that's going to bless every family. Every family. So what he does matters to God. So God is pursuing him. He's unaware of it. He's, he's, now he's going to try to calculate life in a new way. That God's here to help me. God's here because he has something he wants me to do. And I think the call of God to the unaware like it is here to Jacob, is that he needs you to become aware. And so we need to look for the angels, look for opportunities, opportunities that God has for you and I. And opportunities are the ones that God 
wants to make you aware of what he's got planned. And when he's pursuing us, he's going to break in on your life and tell you, look, I got something I want you to do. I got something I planned for you. And you need to start being aware of it. So I'm going to make you aware. And you start climbing that ladder and get where you need to go so you can be part of God's plan. So he opens to our minds opportunities. I think with me, what God did with me was he made it first so I couldn't sleep. And you've heard me tell the stories before. Uh, I had a time in my life where I just couldn't sleep. And the reason was God was hounding me. <laughs> Literally, he was hounding me. He was pushing me, hounding me. And I got so I, I knew that I had to do something, and I didn't know what it was, but I had to do. And he had to make me aware that he's going to provide opportunities, and you need to be looking for those opportunities. And I told you that the, <clears throat> I went to a church. We were looking for a church, and I went to a church, and they passed out a paper said, fill in what your gift is. They just finished a 12-week series on your, your gifts. And uh, my first Sunday, so I never heard any of the series, but I wrote on here, I'm here to direct the choir, and I turned it in, and they said, we don't have a choir. I said, that don't matter. I'm here to direct one, so we'll make one. And we did. We did. And there's opportunities available, and God opens the door. Here's a, here's a, a kind of opportunity that came to me, too. It's a funny thing. When I first started going to church there, I went to, they had a, a tent meeting at the Orleans County Fairgrounds. And there was some preacher there. They suggested that I might like him. <laughs> I can't remember a thing he said. I don't think it was particularly exciting. But there was something caught my eye. And, and uh, we, my wife and I were sitting in the crowd, and, and it was time to start. And this little old lady got up and walked over, sat down at the piano. And she started to play. And I said to my wife, that lady can play the piano. I don't know who she is, but that lady can play the piano. And I really like to have her alongside of me because she's got a real gift. That was Vera Clark, who became our piano player here. Vera Clark, the first time I ever saw her, didn't know who she was. It took me a few months before I even met her. But she was playing at piano like a real pro because she was. And God just said, hey, you want, there's your opportunity. There's your, there's your lady. And so I was much surprised to meet her later figure out who she was and then when I decided to come here and start this uh, she said well we're going with you I'm going with you I said well come on let's go then 
And so she came and played for years here for us. And that was one of those opportunities. And God wants you to open your eyes and watch for the opportunities because I'm sending angels up and down the ladder to help you realize that I'm calling you to do a job. And so there are signs that God gives that uh, we're going to have help. Jacob is told now, I'm, I'm going to bless you. Uh, you're not in this by yourself. I'm going to bless you and help you bless every family on earth. So he, God pursued him and pursued him. And he woke up and he said, I didn't know God was here. I didn't know that God was that involved in my life. And I think that that's true. You and I will find, if we haven't found it yet, that God's very involved in your life. He's already involved before you're involved in his. He's involved in yours. And he's calling us, call us, even when we're unaware, he's calling us to come. Now, going up the ladder is a, is a, is a thought that really, to me, is an important thought. Um, how high up the ladder have you got? If God has dropped a ladder down to you on earth saying, I, I'm up here, uh, how high up the ladder have you got? We sing a song, right? We are climbing Jacob's ladder. Every round goes higher, 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 higher. And then what's the next one? Sinner, do you love my Jesus? Higher, higher. If you love him, what? why not serve him? Higher, higher, higher. We are going, climbing higher, higher, soldiers of the cross. And so toiling up that ladder, getting higher and higher up that ladder, is I think what God intends for us. That's why the ladder came all the way down to earth to Jacob. It's time for you, Jacob, to start climbing up the ladder and get it right on what this is all about. It's not you cheating your way to get through life. It's me blessing you and getting you where you so, uh, there's a There's a poem called The Ladder of St. Augustine. And it's an old, old. St. Augustine was from the year 300. He was a, a famous Christian down in Egypt. And uh, he was known for his writings. And he talked about a ladder. And he said, uh, people, some people got way up the ladder. And he said, how they did it is because when everyone was sleeping, they were toiling upward in the night. When everyone else was resting and sleeping, they were climbing up the ladder in the night and, and using whatever they could to climb up the ladder. So the call of God to the unaware is trying to get people to be aware that God is involved in our lives. And we see the angels coming and going and coming and going. Angels are what the Bible calls uh, ministers to 
the saints of God, or they're sent here to help us. And we say, well, we all got a guardian angel. We probably do. We got some angel that watches over us and that provides safety for us, what we need. And now these angels are coming down to help. So Jacob becomes now aware of God, and it really changes his life as he's, as he's become aware of God. He's looking for opportunities. And his most famous spot was when God came to him one night in his own being. It was Jesus before Jesus was born on this earth. He came down and visited Jacob. Jacob's one of those few people that look at Jesus before he was born in Bethlehem. And when Jacob saw him, it says he ran on him and jumped on him and, and wrestled with him. And he said, I'm not going to let you go. I'm hanging on to you. I'm not going to let you go. And so they wrestled, it said, through the night. And Jacob was determined, I am not going to let you go until you bless me. And finally, he said, God reached down and touched his hip and put his hip permanently out of joint. He said, will you stop? <laughs> I'm going to put your hip out of joint. So he put his hip out of joint. And he said, I'm still not going to let you go unless you bless me. He said, okay, you got it. You proved that it means more to you than anything. And he said the rest of his days, he limped on his hip because it was permanently out of joint, done by God. And that's a badge of honor that he limped because he proved that he wanted God more than anything else. And so ever after that, his life was really blessed. He was just on his way to see Esau, who was going to kill him when he left. And uh, Esau made peace with him as God was blessing Jacob. And of course, Jacob becomes a father of 12 boys. Those 12 boys become the 12 tribes. And one of those is Judah. And out of the tribe of Judah comes Christ. And so the descendant of Jacob is Jesus. And that's how he blessed every family on the earth. Because Jesus came as a descendant of Jacob. So he was chosen specially. But he needed to be aware that God was calling him. And he was living his life in a way so that he was unaware of it. And now he woke up and surely the Lord is in his place and I didn't even know it. And so he named it Bethel, the house of God. Now, later on, he would go back to Bethel. And he renamed it. He renamed it El Bethel. You see, you get it, you get the point. <clears throat> when he first became aware of God, he said, this is God's house. When he went back there, he said, it's El Bethel, the God of the house of God. El Bethel. 
In other words, God is more important than just his house. And so I'm more concerned with God, house of God, God of the house of God, than just Bethel, the house of God. So he really came to understand that God was everything. Everything in his life focused on God. And he went from a place of being unaware to completely aware until everything was God. That's where we need to go when we're called by God to get to the point where everything is God and nothing else really matters. Okay, thank you.